Less alone, more alive. I'm Karen Thurston. I'm Anissa Naishira. I'm Ben Grace. And I'm Flamey Grant. Welcome to Heathen. Whoops, we forgot how this goes. Yeah, we don't start with touch me. We start with hi, heathens. Hi, Hi, heathens. Oh, that was cute. How long has it been since since an episode of this aired? I mean, what is time, really? I don't even know how long it has been. Time is one of the dimensions by which we understand reality. It is no longer a dimension by which I understand much of anything because you say, how long has it been? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, three weeks? Six months? Four years? I, I don't know. One of those. Somewhere in between them, probably. July 3rd, 2021. That was our last episode. So it's been almost two years. Year almost two years. Yeah, like that's a lot Almost a full two years. Also, why did we release an episode on the eve of... Independence Day. I guess because we don't give a fuck about Independence Day. <laughs> Let freedom ring. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess because we thought a lot of people would be listening to podcasts on the 4th, <laughs> on of, July. the 4th of July. You know what, guys? You know when the best time to release a podcast is. You know is. what? Fuck your barbecues and your fireworks. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I mean, that that does kind of check, check out with me. <laughs> sort of our vibe. Yeah. <laughs> this makes sense. Hey, um, what are we doing here? Um, well, we're waiting for Ben to say his first word. <laughs> I think I said hi, heathens. You did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, so two years after our last episode, we decided we would just drop one episode. This is not the beginning of a comeback. <laughs> this is not a series. Oh, there's going to be another one. Well, there will be. Yeah. But we don't know when that's coming. This is just like a very timely episode that we need to drop to let you know something. <laughs> this is a fun game we play with you where we say, there will be another one. <laughs> it's, Maybe. It, yeah. it's a, never, never let your guard down. It's it true. could happen at any moment. I guess it, that's true. It could. Maybe we'll get our shit together next week. Who knows? When you least expect it, when yeah. you need it the most. Because there's things in the can. There are recorded things in the great can. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great things. Yeah. I'm excited about those things. But this one mm-hmm. is here specifically because we are telling people about a million ways to cry in the West. <laughs> and we're going to list them in Here's alphabetical the first order. first way. <laughs> Aardvark. <laughs> Cacti. He missed B. <laughs> Colonization. <laughs> Missions. There's so many ways. Um, that's not what we're... T- <laughs> I don't know where to take this thread. It started it's been two it years. Fun. We haven't hosted an episode for two years. Man, this is, we're, we're, they, you throw it down and nobody picks it up. We're getting the muscle memory back, y'all. Hey, Ben, what's a million ways to cry in the West? <laughs> it is a tour. We're going on tour. We're taking the Heathen Podcast on tour. Kind of. Tour! It, it, it's, a tour! It's, yeah, it's, it's not quite Heathen Podcast on tour, but it is story We're not going to be doing this with a live audience, because frankly, no one should have to witness this. As you can yeah. tell. But we are going to be doing the thing that we've been spending most of our last two years doing, yeah. which is not recording podcasts, as you well know. Uh, and instead, it is, is making music. Yes! It's a music tour. It's a music tour with the one and only Flamey Grant. That's mm-hmm. me! Whom you may have heard. 
of yeah. whom you may have heard. Yeah, if you've listened to this podcast, you, you have. You've heard of me. Yeah, you have. <laughs> um, and story and tune. Mm-hmm. Which is the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's me and Benjamin. Uh, we've been, our little duo has been alive for a little while now. A couple mm-hmm. years, pretty mm-hmm. much. So since <laughs> since we last spoke, we've mm-hmm. been doing this little duo and... Uh, and we are uh, all of us banding together. Mm-hmm. So a lot of you were there for uh, during the pandemic and during lockdown. We started doing what had happened. Was. What? What? Ha- I don't know if you have heard about COVID. <laughs> it was actually three years ago. We moved in together. Yeah. Yeah. I think this week almost. We moved in That's together. So true. It's been three years. And the world ended. <laughs> and then we stayed in the inside, and we lost our fucking minds yes we did and we decided <laughs> and we haven't found them yet nope and we decided Clearly, that every thursday <laughs> we would go live on the internet and do something called heathen happy hour yes which was a fun time it was good it was necessary for us i think to get us through the doldrums of lockdown and all of that it was also just like a for me it was uh i, I stopped new you know no news i just went cold turkey on the news i didn't i mm-hmm. decided i did not need to know what was going on in the world if i wasn't going to be out in it yep um <clears throat> and for me this was like just the little bit of salvation every week uh connecting with about 30 40 people who would tune in mm-hmm. to our live stream every week and we would have a theme and alliteration things like royalty rihanna and i can't remember the other r but you know like <laughs> It would be a theme, and so uh, people would would give us song requests within the theme, and uh, we covered 700 songs we did mm-hmm. during pandemic. Yep, and Flamey was born. Flamey was born, and we had a fun time, and uh, we talked about this on. I think we've given you all kind of the the whole lowdown at some point on yeah, this podcast, previous podcast. So everyone's like, all right, don't bore us, get to the chorus. So now we are taking. Uh, well, it wasn't just. Flame that was born because story and tune didn't really exist. I don't That's think true. we we didn't play a show pre-pandemic, did we? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. So wow. story and tune was born as well. Everyone was born. Wow. It's very exciting. Lots of birth. Lots Home of, births. Lots of placental. <laughs> That's because our fourth fluids. our fourth heathen is a doula, so we can do home births. Um, <laughs> hi, Nisa. Hi, Nisa. Um, and so now we finally like have a world that allows us to go on tour. Albeit, my microphone fell down. I'm sorry if y'all heard that. Albeit, with the acknowledgement right that the things tip. are are certainly not better. Like we are, we're certainly not in a post-COVID world, but we are in a world where you know we've gone back to doing music out in real life, yeah. uh, out in 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 real places, and so we have the opportunity now to take it, take it on the road. But we also now have original music. We do mm. instead of just a bunch of Rihanna songs. <laughs> instead of 700 covers of Rihanna songs, which I mean, <laughs> that's great. Uh we we all made music. We uh so I recorded a record um right here in this very room in our basement with Ben Grace as producer. Hmm. That record is called Bible Belt Baby. <laughs> and because that's what I am. Um and How's it doing? It's great. It was it was really good. I, I mean, it's being streamed Anything exciting happened recently? Oh, yeah. that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> also, it was nominated for Best Pop Album at the San Diego Music Awards, bitches. She Taylor Swift did. <laughs> Taylor Swift did that. I mean, so here's the thing. I was 
I was hopeful, you know, like anybody who's like, oh, like I wasn't even thinking about the nominations. Like that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I, I was watching and I was hopeful um, because I had submitted the album and I was like, I would love to be nominated, please. <laughs> and my category came and went like the best new artist was the one I thought, you know, I'd, I'd be new, new artist <laughs> um, that I wasn't in there. The Americana country category came and went. I wasn't in there. So I had already like felt my disappointment processed it and been like okay on to the next and then all of a sudden the pop category comes up and i was the first one listed and i was like what huh me <laughs> am i am i a pop songstress who am i anyway so i am and i would like for you all to refer to me now as a pop star thank you i also like that flamey is by far the youngest <laughs> san diego music award nominee at three years old Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that is so not true. By far. There are no uh, other minors nominated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's me. That's a lot to accomplish by three. I'm fairly certain. I did a little bit of research. I'm fairly certain I'm the first and only drag queen to ever be nominated mm-hmm. for the San Diego mm-hmm. Music Awards. All so these firsts. I'm just, yeah, I'm going to take them. It's pretty What's exciting. intriguing is one of the best new artists was someone who just renamed themselves. So I was like, surely Flamey should have been in that category. Because like, all you did was rename yourself. Right. Like, you've been around for a you've good been decade. You've music for years. You just gave yourself a new name. So, I mean, that is exactly what I did, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, let's do it. Let's do a rebrand. I was making music in San Diego <laughs> literally 14 years ago. So, um, But they didn't fall for my best new artist, named, name flip. No. So yeah, that happened. And then y'all have been hard at work on a record that comes out pretty damn soon. Yeah, it does come out pretty damn soon. So soon, in fact, that we have the ability to make it available exclusively to the people uh, that purchase tickets for this tour. So Ooh, did you hear that? pretty exciting. Tour goers get exclusive Exc- listening privileges. You get early access. To Story and Tune's brand new record. Are you saying the name? Yeah, the, the record is called Light from the Break, uh, and we... Light from the Break. What does it mean? Whatever you want it to. And um, we have had the extraordinary privilege of, of working with uh, San Diego legend Jeff Berkeley on this. Who legend is not an exaggeration in this case. Ben uses yes. legend like profusely, like mm. overuses legend. legend. Yeah, well, that's because but not in this case. Legend I know. Time. Australians <laughs> love to call everybody a legend. Also ludicrous, which doesn't still makes sense to me uh, we have a, we have a phrase called legend in your own lunchbox which <laughs> is that just like our legend in your own mind yeah basically. okay gotcha, gotcha it's cuter yours has an alliteration so clearly we stand it yeah we like it um yeah legend is legend is is legit so jeff is an incredible producer he's also an incredible uh percussionist and guitar player and banjo player and he led and songwriter and songwriter absolutely i was i was starting at the beginning and i was going to stop when i got to the end songwriter (laughs) he's in a bunch of bands he does a million things uh he's the front man of of jeff berkeley in the band but he his resume of people that he's worked with like jeff is he doesn't toot his own horn much and then all of a sudden he'll just be like yeah it was you know just waiting backstage to go on with Jackson Brown and then, you know, like it was father's just having a <laughs> What? Mm. So he's uh he's pretty extraordinary. And so we were really lucky to get to go into the studio with him and have him produce the record because we're married and we definitely needed a third person <laughs> to have input and we highly recommend a third for every married couple here at Heathen <laughs> Podcast. Especially if you're gonna try to work together under any circumstances, by all means, bring a third in. Um yeah, so it's great. I think I think it's nice. We're proud of it. Yes, it's amazing. What I've heard so far is absolutely amazing. And 
I do have a little moment on one of the tracks. So mm-hmm. that was especially amazing. But no, it's so good. And so we're taking those two records. Yep. And we have with our with nothing but sheer fucking determination <laughs> and power of our will have booked an eight city tour up the fucking west coast we don't have an agent we don't have a manager we don't have a booking friend no but we can we can market ourselves that's one thing we've been doing our whole lives so (laughs) we work in marketing also it's actually a music venue tour which is crazy like all all my touring pre-covid was all like house shows small Mm -hmm. venues churches that kind of thing but this is full music venue too which scares the shit out of me I was gonna say depending on who you are in this room crazy either means terrifying or like really exciting Uh, (laughs) which comes back to why we have dusted (laughs) off old heathen podcast here (laughs) because we're desperate to sell tickets (laughs) y'all hi babies would you like to come to our show great you're invited Uh, yes so here's the deal if you live on the west coast and you live in Los Angeles or you live in or near Morro Bay, you live in or near San Jose, you live in or near Eugene, Oregon, or Bend, Oregon, or Portland, Oregon, or Seattle, Washington. Or San Diego, California, because that's where we're kicking it off. Or San Diego, Mm -hmm. California. We are coming to your hometown. And um, we would love, love, love to see you there in person uh, if you are able. And if you're not, or you don't live in one of those places, one of those stops on Tuesday, March 21st in San Jose is going to be broadcast online. It's still a ticketed event, so you do need to have a ticket to that live stream, but you can watch from anywhere. And I think you have like a whole month to watch the show, so you don't have to be like available at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, but. So for all you people who did enjoy Heathen Happy Hour. Yep. That's your moment. <laughs> there it is. If you don't live here or if you're just not comfortable being in a crowd yet, that's totally fine. And there's a way that you can you can still watch. And so I love I love that anybody who wants to come can come. Yeah. But. And it, what do you mean, but? Well, I was going to say, maybe you're not comfortable being in a crowd. I, I kind of get that. And I shouldn't say but, I should say and we all went to a conference in Kansas City a couple of weeks ago and it was so incredible to be in a room yeah. with musicians like playing songs. Mm-hmm. Like I think everybody was psyched out of their minds because the first time in years you could gather in such a loud crowd like yeah. that. And I think there's something special about that. Maybe we've forgotten how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's certainly been a little awkward for a little while. We've been playing music for about a year and a half yeah. post pandemic. I don't think I've seen too many full rooms. Yeah. And there's something about that, that I think is magic and we need to capture again i was more thinking about our people who aren't like medically physically able to be in the room yet and i want to make sure that that is a a thing that like there is definitely still a way for everybody to participate even if you can't be there yet which is is a thing that makes perfect sense still at this moment in time but if you can and if you feel comfortable and if you're able that opportunity is there for you and we would love 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 to have you because it's going to be a lot of fun yes so march uh 18th through 26th that's when we'll be on the road Starting in San Diego, ending in Seattle. So just, you know, check out the dates on the website, uh, websites, whatever. We'll link in all the places where you would expect to find that. Um, But we thought what would be fun to do is maybe just do a little mini preview dive discussion about the actual music itself, right? Mm -hmm. A dive view. A dive view. What? (laughs) A preview dive. Yeah. A pre-dive. No. Prive. Neither of those things I want to do. A deep prive. No. (laughs) A deep prive. (laughs) We'd like to deprive you about our albums. That's the wrong energy. Yeah, just to do a little bit of a... a, I don't know. Well, Ben, you did this. When you released your Ben Grace solo record, um, As If Words Could Heal the Wounds, Mm -hmm. you did like a full 
what like eight ten episode it was a yeah episode every song yeah. on the record podcast about every song on the record and yep. it was interesting and fascinating so over the next three hours we'll be discussing all 20 songs on you're gonna have to hold this the whole entire time my left hand is just holding we're not gonna do that anyway. don't worry it's not gonna be three hours no. you can but, see that on your screen but quickly just a quick little overview of what yeah. like how how these albums came to be and like mm. what they're about and why they exist in the world and what we hope to do with them right like those are the things yeah, yeah. those are great things that are, i think are interesting so i agree do you want to start by answering some of those questions yeah um interview me though ask me one i don't <laughs> now i don't know what to do so ask me a question hey play me how did this album come to be oh well you know <laughs> so smooth i hit up i did i, I hit up ben uh what this would have been late 2020 21 mm-hmm. and said hey i have a few songs like and i realized that um they work for flamey mm-hmm. um and i hadn't i hadn't made new music for a few years and um i don't know it was just it nothing had really fully gelled for me around the drag and the music and what it was all gonna look like yet but i had a a notion i just had an idea that like flamey is modeled after, you know, not modeled after, but, you know, named after Amy Grant. I'm a lifelong songwriter, musician, performer. I would like to meld these two worlds, the drag that I've newly discovered and the music that I've been doing my whole life. And so I had a few songs that I had never recorded, but were, and and, and a couple I wrote fresh for Flamey or, or with Flamey's voice in mind. And I was like, this is, I want to do like a little five song EP, just something simple. Famous last words. Yeah, right? Just a quick little, you know, let's just go down in our little... acoustic. Home, acoustic home studio that <laughs> we have here guitar. in our basement. Um, and let's just, uh, let's pound out a few songs and I'll just release a, lo- a little flamey acoustic record. Eight months later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is remarkably fast, really. <laughs> Truly, it is. Yeah, it um, was fast. Because, and, well, what, what happened first was you decided to do the Kickstarter. Yeah, because I can't afford anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, even if it's a five-song EP, i got to raise a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, start. Um, but that turned into $10,000. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, folks were exceptionally generous and, and, I think, excited about the concept. And so that enabled us to do a whole lot more. Did we record a song before that? Was there a song on the Kickstarter? Or is it just something you'd produced? Nope. Yeah, I had just yeah. done a little... I would recorded a little thing. A I literally video. wrote a song for the Kickstarter video. Yeah. That yeah. was like 20 seconds long. You were dancing around in the backyard or something. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't ever go back and watch your old Kickstarter um, <laughs> You can find it at videos where you're trying Kickstarter.com yeah, backslash so flamey Always. They never fail to be embarrassing. Like <laughs> I have one that's even older when I kickstarted for Matthew Blake back in the day where I <laughs> I can't even talk ah. about it. Let's just say that I took Sarah McLaughlin's angel and tried to make it about helping a poor or I didn't even, adopting it's dogs it's really no because that would make sense Karen <laughs> uh, anyway um but yeah that's what happened with that's why the or that's how the record came to be um the more enthusiasm I felt from other folks about the record the more excited I got about it I wrote more songs I dug up even older songs that I realized totally like felt more like flamies than anything else. And that's probably why I had never done much with them. Um, two songs that we were singing like in church regularly. So yeah, yeah, we found a couple songs that we had done written for our church. So, uh, Sojo and, um, and yeah, that we'd been doing for years uh, as a congregational thing. And I was like, Oh, these could totally work. (laughs) I mean, it's all, it's all part of the same story for me, which is this, long ass 
plod toward liberation <laughs> um, from you know everything we talk about on this podcast, all of the religious trauma, all of the oppressive bullshit, all of the not knowing who we are because we you know never had the the ability, the time, the inspiration, or the model to do that. Yep. So as I started to pull these things out, it was like, oh, these do these tell the story of how like Flamey got to be here and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why she matters to me and maybe to some other people. And um, so, yeah, Bible Belt Baby came to be. Bible Belt Baby, the title came from the TikTok video that went viral that mm-hmm. was the thing that made me realize Flamey had a voice in the world and had mm-hmm. something to say. Um, you know, you know, I started that TikTok video just by saying I was a Bible Belt baby, and proceeded for the next sixty seconds to just like tell that story. Mm. Um, and I don't know. That was always going to be the title. I think once once I remembered that I had said those words once, I was like, "Oh, that's such a drag queen. <laughs> yeah. That is such a drag queen, like dollyish, um, you know, backwoods Barbie Bible Belt baby title." So, um, what was what was the first song you wrote in the Flamey's voice? Was it everything's made up, or was that the come along? Oh, actually, yeah. I guess you're probably. Well, I wrote no, not really, because I wrote that one during the Kickstarter. That's um, right. Yeah. Uh, and that's not even on the record. That was a little, little single I did. Um... Yeah. Was it like Esther's and Rahab, or what did you drag me into? Or... What did you drag me to? Gosh, I can't even remember the order now. It was one of those two, because those were both very intentionally like. I need songs on this record that like are very clearly like from the voice of the drag queen who's singing them. Um, it might have been Esther. I remember how much I struggled with that song. It was that was. I don't often struggle with songs actually. Like I'm kind of one of those writers where like, not. I mean, I'll, I'll struggle. Like it, it's not easy, but I mean, I don't sit there and labor over it's not like eleven mm-hmm. years. Leonard yeah, Cohen. cadence yeah. and timing and rhymes and things like that. Like. I'll get a chunk of a song written and then the next week the rest of it will come, that kind of thing. Right. This one was hard for me to cram in exactly what I wanted to say yeah. into the space I had. That song, um, I don't know, I, 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 I knew I needed, or I felt like I wanted to talk about like why there's this um, really core aspect to my drag that is talking about the religious... Uh, oppression and the the trauma and all of Mm -hmm. that and and also maybe how part of my 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 worldview worldview i feel like i'm back in my christian high school talking about (laughs) worldview and uh, apologetics class um but really my worldview was formed by the bible by the church i was (laughs) heavily involved in um and what part of that uh what part of my upbringing um, was influenced by women, and I mean, so much of my upbringing was was heavily influenced by the women I was surrounded by, and so I wanted to tell that story of how Flamey like has roots mm-hmm. in <laughs> in a very conservative evangelical in, space in biblical yeah. womanhood. In biblical <laughs> <laughs> Bible Belt Baby has her roots in biblical womanhood. Biblical womanhood. <laughs> memoir. Ugh, there's the logline for the album. <laughs> In the church where I was raised All the women hid their hair With what can only be called doilies made of lace They sat beside their husbands And they never spoke a word 
Public prayer was not a woman's place But literally any man was welcome to stand up And for an hour we would listen to them talk And I guess the lesson there was God would only hear a prayer When it came from a person with a cock And then it wound up being that this album that you wrote in the voice of Flamey, Flamey's voice is not the only voice on the album. <laughs> oh, look at look at these segues! You like that? That's like such a consummate She's professional in host. Marketing. You're right. There are many voices on the record. That was another wild thing that just kind of unfolded, especially during the Kickstarter process. Because, um, well, I had a I had. I had met Adine the artist on TikTok, mm-hmm. who is, I mean, I've never, I've, I've never seen a, uh, a more, someone with better mastery of their stage presence, like, during a show, other than maybe Dolly, because we were just watching a Dolly, Dolly Parton uh, documentary, and she's just incredible with her timing and her precision when she's on stage, but Adine the artist is kind of the, the anti-Dolly. Mm. <laughs> they just you think you think they're rambling and you think that the you're, you're you've gone down a rabbit trail that you will never get out of and then it like finally all comes together and you're like oh that's what you were doing the whole time and it's just wild anyway <coughs> sorry i'm just like a huge adim fan so mm-hmm. if i give have the chance i'm gonna do that but um i met adim on tiktok and they actually reached out to me and were like hey i'd love to be involved in your record if you're oh they inter- reach out interested. to you yeah Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and this was kind of before Adim has blown up. Obviously, yeah. in the past few months, like massively, uh, yeah. with the release of their album "White Trash Revelry," um, and like that kind of changed the whole landscape for for them. And I think prior to that, they were you know doing what we were doing yeah. during pandemic, sitting on TikTok singing songs. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so Rihanna song. I'm so fucking lucky to have Adim on this record, mm-hmm. and that it happened right <laughs> right before. Um, their availability, like I'm sure, you know, never would have permit. Is not, for, yeah, yeah, it yeah. would not not permit for it now. So, um, Adim sings on that song, Esther Ruth and Rahab, and it's amazing and it's wonderful and my favorite thing ever. When they talk about the heroes of me, they always mean Elijah, Abraham, or David. But Esther Ruth and Rahab for me were just as big. I wanted to be liked, and so I bought myself this wig. Derek Webb, who's been on the show a couple times, um, I, amazed that I like get to call Derek a friend now. You yeah. know, Derek's a, a person whose music influenced me from, you know, I think tenth grade was the first time I heard Caitlin's call and followed his career ever since. And um, so Derek popped up and and said you know happy to help in any kind of way shape or form and i was like you're duetting with me on a song now (laughs) (laughs) you offered and you're doing it now um and uh similar my gosh another one that i met on tiktok who uh kind of just can't believe (laughs) that they said yes to singing on an amy grant cover song Mm -hmm. um which i actually can believe because i mean of who similar is and and just how genuine and generous they are um and then uh my the one I felt like I was really shooting at the moon for. I was just like, well, I've got Derek, I've got someone, I've got a Dean. I'm gonna go for Jennifer Knapp because, like, <laughs> I just feel like full house. Yeah, strike while the iron's hot, right? And 
you know, didn't hear back for a couple months. Just Jen's, cold, cold email, Jen's, right? Yeah, just a cold email. Well, I mean, we knew Jen from the, the podcast as well. Like, okay. she had been on uh, Heathen once before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sent an email. Didn't hear for a couple months, because that's just Jen's style. And I had kind of <laughs> given up on it. And then out of the blue, yes, I'd love to. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, uh, we managed to squeeze all these amazing artists. Um, Donnell, uh, Donnell writes from TikTok as well. Uh, another... TikTok was massive for this album. TikTok was here for this album, yeah. As as I start to realize, um, gave a spoken word uh, for the record, and yeah, so it's just the girl rappers on there. Story and Tune is on there. (laughs) Who else? Everybody. Who am I missing? I mean, there's a bunch of like you had some Kickstarter people who Uh, wound up doing some gang vocal like backgroundy stuff on there. And then all the musicians like Terrence Clark, who I've wanted to work with since 2015. And just randomly one day when we're listening to the song and I was just like, man, you know, this really needs a real drummer. And you were just like, yeah, well, what are you thinking? I'm just like, well, this is one guy. But right now he's currently touring with Keith Urban. <laughs> but like, we can hit him up. So I'm like, sure, Ben, go hit up Keith Urban's drummer. I'm sure he'll say yes. And it and went then he's from like, one song to two songs to yeah. three songs. Three songs. Um, I cannot yeah. believe that. Yeah. yeah, it's wild. It's pretty great. It's a pretty great ride. And then our dear friend Noah Heldman, mm. so many things on the other record, like percussion, bass, guitar, like mm-hmm. just genius, yeah. all, all round and wonderful human being. Well, and speaking of genius, Ben Grace, <laughs> because you filled out every other part of that ben record. Ben Grace! <laughs> like, um, you took what was supposed to be this acoustic five song, you know, let's get it out real fast kind of EP and produced um, what might end up being the best pop record of 2022. <laughs> so, Go vote today. Go vote today. Vote every day <laughs> until March 24th. I don't know. You know, the funniest thing is I still actually haven't posted about the record because I was so fucking nervous, honestly. Like, I've never mixed a whole thing Guys. like this, this big. And, and I just, for whatever reason, my brain was like, it can't be a real thing because I did it. You know, and then I watched it as it walked out into the world and, like, you booked the tour and, and it's, like, streaming, like, like gangbusters and it gets in, and well, I'm just like and and it's in vinyl it's fucking vinyl on on our kitchen table and I walked vinyl. past it the first day and I almost just jumped out of my body like I'm just like that's a real thing that exists in the world yeah. will y'all please just pause this podcast and go listen to Flamey's album and then come back to the podcast and fucking tell Ben <laughs> that it's a real album and that he did a good job. Hey, hey, hey. We all sat in rooms a couple weeks ago at Folk Alliance and listened to like legit people talk about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's a 100%. real thing. Yes. You know? And yeah. the cure for imposter syndrome is feedback. So I'm going to have them give you some. <laughs> Listen, I, I got to a place where I, I get it. I, I, and I, I love the album so much. I'm so proud of what we did. I think it's stupid good. Yep. Uh, and I, I know how much I labored over it. <laughs> I probably drove you crazy because you're like, the first mix, you're like, this is wonderful. <laughs> and two months later, I'm like, I'm still mixing it. I'm still working on I that. Think it's, I think it's ironic that you put me in a literal closet for hours to record Flamey's <laughs> album. I recorded a lot of my background vocals in Logan and Erica's closet. <laughs> yep which was, it was a lot like singing in a closet. (laughs) (laughs) Staring at shoes. It's called called, uh, method acting, Karen. (laughs) I needed you to convey. I wanted you to convey what it is like to be in the closet. I mean, it it was definitely, it was, it was, it was, Stanislavski was there with me Mm -hmm. in, in, in the closet for sure. In the height of summer, no less in San Diego. (laughs) I remember at one point I was trying to mix the record and my, I touched my computer and it almost burnt my finger. 
And I was wondering why my screen was starting to like ripple. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, I need to go inside the AC because this record isn't going to... I need to run away. going to melt my computer. No, it was a fun time. And so that record is it, out. The album is out. People yeah. can get it anywhere. You all probably have it. But if you don't, you can go, you can buy it on Bandcamp probably still. No, yeah, you can still buy it on Bandcamp. You can stream it on Spotify. Mm-hmm. You, can you can buy vinyl. Buy vinyl, vinyl. Pink vinyl, y'all. <laughs> very pretty which is pretty great so that's there for you it is already in the world and you can have it and you can do all the things like if you can't buy the record like put it on a playlist share it with friends you know kind of post it to all the things kind of the algorithms are not our friend (laughs) we are independent artists and we need you if this is reaching your ear holes please tell other people about it in real life talk to people about it it's been a while since I sat with you Without a knot in my chest, oh It's been a while since I've wanted to I always felt a little oppressed, oh It's been a while It's been a while since I went ahead And let down my guard Cause I carry the the words you said That makes it just a little bit hard To reject the lies you perpetuate But you're not the keeper of the pearly gate And it's been a while But I'm coming back To fight for my place Please also go to Story and Tune on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever And hit follow Because very soon You'll get a notification of a new album drop there mm-hmm. I was gonna sing a song as is my way but it was very churchy and then i was like oh no <laughs> oh dear God, no. Karen, repress those impulses <laughs> jeez so let's talk about light from the break mm. yeah first of all title yeah. Yeah. tell us about that title oh i labored over this title for a long long time so story in tune is kind of our it's our our duo project which means it's it's pretty much the combination of my words and ben's music most of the time not mm-hmm. always but like mm-hmm. A lot of the time, that's Ben. Ben does his own, you know, lyric writing and stuff over with his Ben Gray stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so f- coming up with a title for this album felt very daunting for me. And I think at some point I had written out, like I was just going through my, in my head, just like singing every word of every song and just writing down anything that would jump out at me. So I had this whole list, and then I kept sending it to people, and they'd be like, "Nope, nope, 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 nope." <laughs> like, mm. Cool, great, great cool great 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 and it was like the the sixth or seventh time that i went through all of the songs in my head and wrote things down that light from the break is just a a line from red tide which is our little ghost story song about bioluminescence (laughs) because which pause (laughs) say that one more time (laughs) a little ghost story song about bioluminescence yeah you did hear that correctly (laughs) and if that doesn't pique your interest i don't know what the fuck will (laughs) There's I think this, we're like nerdcore is our genre. Nerdcore, yeah. <laughs> nerdcore is always my genre. Um, there's a phenomenon, if you're not familiar, that happens here in San Diego and in other parts of the world where there is algae that comes. It's called red tide. And uh, it smells bad and the beach looks gross during the day. And then at night, uh, there's like a bioluminescent plankton that feed on the algae. And mm-hmm. so the waves glow every time that a wave crashes. You can see this like incredible blue light and i really wanted to write a ghost story song about it and um why is it called red tide when it glows 
blue. Because it's red in the daytime. Yeah, the algae is... It's a very patriotic phenomenon. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you're American or Australian. Um, And uh, so Light from the Break is just a lyric in that song talking about the the light from the breaking waves, but also uh, this album is... Everything we do is in at least some small way about trauma in one form or another. And um, a lot of the songs in this album sort of wrestle with healing some trauma wounds, religious trauma, interpersonal trauma, relationship trauma, um, and, or societal trauma. There's some smash the patriarchy stuff on there too. <laughs> but, uh, and so light from the break felt exactly like, you know, it's that. Like the Leonard Cohen The quote. Leonard Cohen, Cohen quote of like, the you know, there's a crack in the world and that's where the, the light comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, it just felt, it felt, Right. It felt like that we'd finally landed on the right thing. It's so. super perfect. I love Thanks. it. Um, we've already talked about the fact that it's been produced by Jeff Berkeley, legend. Jeff Berkeley, the legend. <laughs> but how did, so like, I'm not even sure if I know this. Like, at what point did you guys decide to make a record? And how did you, was, was Jeff the, I feel like maybe Jeff was kind of the coalescing thing that made the record happen. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I, inside the, the closet, the vocal closet, I've had that blackboard for since the start of 2020. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of writing out the lists, and there's still like 40, 50 songs on that. Um, and we had started to talk about like breaking down, doing little EPs and little kind of thematic things. Yeah. Um, but then the world opened up, and we got busy like doing yeah. shows. And we did, you know, like I don't know how many cover shows we did in that first year, but we did a lot of shows. Yeah. And it just it started to realize like when you're out there all the time in front of people, like we got nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we have three songs up on Spotify. Um, and we just didn't have any a calling card, and I'd, I'd produce those, and I was, you know, still in my imposter syndrome <laughs> about producing. Um, so I think we, we just really needed something really, really badly. And then we were, um, I started this thing called Writers Round San Diego about a year ago, yeah. almost exactly, because it's the one year anniversary this coming Monday. And you know, I used my little privilege to be like, I want to put myself on a round with people that I really love and respect. And so I put Story and Tune on a round with Jeff Berkeley. Yeah. But with Berkeley Hart, right? With Berkeley Hart, actually, yeah. it was, yeah. Berkeley and, and uh, Jeff Berkeley and Calvin Hart. And we played the song Can't Love a Cowboy. And I saw Jeff, like, turn to the wall with this, like, thing happen in his body where he was just like whoa you know it just clicked in and i saw that happen and we walked out of there and he texted us within the hour being like guys we got to make a record and i think part of that was just like someone of his caliber who's just like i love what you guys do you know the fact that we we knew that like trying to kind of work together i think there's one of the songs i think birmingham went out to spotify without karen hearing it because she's like, I can't hear my voice. I can't do it. I can't deal with the trauma. <laughs> so I was like, trust me, it sounds good. I made it sound really, really beautiful. Um, but, it, you know, it's a tough thing, I think, when you're in a partnership like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is like... I, I, it's the most, the I most cannot, me and least you thing. Yes, I cannot <laughs> fathom releasing a song to the world without having heard what I sound like on it. You don't know what it's like <laughs> she's in this brain me- of mine. <laughs> Giving me shit about imposter syndrome. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, all right, I don't want to interrupt your story, but I'll, I'll explain more about this when you're done yeah. with your story. <laughs> no, so I think it was just that. I think it was just knowing that, like, us working together was going to be a very long and arduous journey. Yeah. Um, there's something I think about 
the privilege to kind of just be the artist in the whole thing and not be the whole producer. And yeah. I struggle a little bit with that, if I'm being honest, because uh, I've been producing for so long. And I've, you know, my, my first length, full length album only just came out in 2020. And, and most of that I produced kind of myself or co produced. Yeah. Yeah. So this idea of just kind of letting someone have it and letting them have like carte blanche, just like it's Jeff's vision for the record was like relieving and also just a little bit terrifying. Yeah. But yeah. it felt like the right guy for the job and the fact that he was excited about it I think was just the sealer it was just yeah. and we listened to Sandy Lollis's um solo record Sandy's part of the the trio Into the Blue Sky and I just loved the sound of the record it just was beautiful and I was like man if we, if we had a chance for our record to sound like this I mean and Jeff had produced that one yeah oh yeah, yeah. okay I mean I totally hear what you're saying about the re- releasing like just the privilege of being exclusively the artist in the yeah. relationship. I've had that a couple times now mm-hmm. <laughs> with Bible Belt Baby mm-hmm. and then in the other whoop in the other band Girl Boy. Um, mm-hmm. and it is it's a special mm-hmm. yeah, there's a special freedom in that. And I think it actually ends up for for me, like the product just is so much better than it right. ever could have been if I yeah. had tried to be a little more micromanaging or have my hands in it too much. 100%. Well, and like we're married. <laughs> so like there's a big difference between <clears throat> yeah. Ben saying, hey, you were flat on that, do it again. Yeah. And Jeff saying, hey, you were flat on that, yeah. do it again. Like, yeah. one of them is like, will you do it? And the other one, I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. You're, you're paying one one 100%. person to tell you that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and we also found out in the middle of the album project that, like, I comped a lot of vocals because that was going to save us some money, and I like to do that. Um, and I comped this one track, um, the, the one who's leaving. Yep. And I was in love with it. I was like, Karen, you got to hear this. And she came down, she put on the headphones and then she just walked out of the room as if like her grandmother had died. And I was like, oh shit. You know, like, yeah. is it, and I thought it was amazing, uh-huh. but I, I chose all of the things, like all the cracks and the warbles and uh-huh. all the humanity. I just love all that kind of stuff. Everything yeah. I hate about my voice. Yeah. <laughs> that song. I remember that day because then you gave it to me and you were like, did I fuck up? <laughs> yeah. Like, listen to this, tell me. And I was like, it's magic. Yeah. It is magic, but I totally understand why... I get it. Yeah. So, (laughs) things you should know about me. One, I'm the worst snob. Like, I I am. Like, I I really, I think more than anyone, like, can be the worst, like, debilitating perfectionist about things. And, like, my list of people that I would have trusted to produce this album is, like, one person long. Like, it's mm. very... Maybe now there's two people on that list. Like, I think we've met one more person that I would trust. But at that point, it was it was really one person long. Um, so, that was a big deal for me when that one person was like, I see you when I want to do this. I was like... And I was pushy about it. I was like, this is... We must do it. I don't care what it costs. I don't care, like, what we... This is the time. Because the other thing to know about me in this is that... I have a huge trauma story around music. I didn't do music. I, was, yeah. I have a musical theater like degree, and then I stopped doing music, and I didn't do music for 14 years for lots of reasons. Um, to the point that when like I met Ben, I couldn't even sing. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't sing in front of him. My throat would like physically feel like I couldn't get air through, and I couldn't sing in front of him. And so mm. I still I have a lot of dysmorphia around my body and around things that come from me watching myself on video hearing myself recorded and I still when I'm listening to my singing voice I don't know if it's good or terrible like I can't tell I don't know what the what the it could be either one of those things and I have no idea it Mm. could be the best thing or the worst thing and I like just nothing uh and so it is 
it has been for me just an incredible and that's a lot for Ben to carry on his own <laughs> so having another person in yeah. is really helpful to keep me from having I mean what happened that day I listened to the one who's leaving is I just had a meltdown like mm-hmm. I just completely panicked because I was like oh no this is going to be awful you know like and not because of you but because of me like this is just like this is a dumb thing to do as a 40 year old who hasn't done music for 14 years um and what's beautiful is throughout this process uh a couple things happen one is that jeff i think understood immediately what i the part of my voice that triggers me mm-hmm. and just like put a little treatment on my voice that just completely resolved it just warmed <laughs> it up he's like well just make it sound like you recorded this a long time ago <laughs> let's get that disney sparkle and put some oil on it just just yeah. a little <laughs> bit of grease on your little princessy thing and i was immediately like oh that sounds like it sounds in my head now instead yeah. of like how I always sound recorded. Um, it's not like freaky. Like he didn't like auto tune the shit out of me or like change my no, voice no, hugely. No. It was just like the. No, because it's, this is a folk record. Yeah. Right? Like, like it's, it's still it's, me. Yeah. It's just warm me with like a little bit of um, like if you'd recorded it to tape. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not as crisp and clear as yeah, what you yeah. hear in digital. For those of people who probably don't understand that reference, it's more like the Civil Wars. It just sounds like this dark record. That was kind of the reference we're going for all along. Yeah, yeah. it's gooey. It's just yeah. a little gooier than I than I uh, sound if you record me on a really crisp, clean, yeah. digital sounding microphone. Um, the reality is, is I have those things too. Yeah. The first time I heard my voice recorded, I was like, oh no, like whatever is happening right there shouldn't happen. It's, it's taken me twenty years, I think, to kind of come to grips with my voice and what it is and how I use it. And and both of us, I think, identify as songwriters first. Like that's kind 100%. of, that's our thing. This record is a songwriting record and we knew we wanted to make like a business card for that. Like, because we write with other people and we want to write with more people. So the idea of kind of making a record for both of us was a bit like, oh shit, like yeah. what, are, we, we, we love the songs, we believe in those, but what does it actually sound like? And how do we, how, how do we deliver that to the world? You know? Yep. Hmm. It's fascinating. I, 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 once again, don't relate <laughs> because I, I, I don't know. I've never had that uh, that experience of like. That sounds super douchey. I like my voice a lot, you yeah. know, and I like and and to me that is my thing. Like that's my instrument. I learned to play guitar in order to accompany my voice, yeah. not because I love guitar. Right. I could give or take guitar, but I needed a way to like accompany myself in the world, and and I needed you know some something to undergird my voice and it's always been about my voice for me and a little bit about my songwriting i, I think right. i'm a good songwriter yeah as well songwriter. but i think i just love to sing yeah. <laughs> you know you have so, that entertainer thing in your body uh, it's, like it's yeah, just kind I of performer that. on stage i mean that's where i think flame yourself fascinating because when you step into that whole thing it's a whole different world that just yeah. is there and it just lights up the room and that's the difference for me is that I only learned to sing. I didn't really learn to sing. I just started singing because mm-hmm. I wrote songs. And I'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. I wrote a song. I'd be like, how's it go? You're like, and oh, I would start I like <laughs> playing the melody on the piano. They're like, mm, mm-hmm. it just like, how does it go? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, for me, singing was just a delivery system for the songs. Ah. And it still yeah. is to a certain degree. You know? It's just fascinating to me. The different, but, pa- the different ways, so pathways we yeah. all come to this thing. So here's the thing that I landed on in Focalize. And I'm going to say, uh, like, I think you're this and I think you're this. But I actually think we all have a little bit of each of these elements too. But I think think that like largely 
like flamey, you've got a diva quality in the best sense of the word, right? I like, know what you mean. Yeah, you've yeah. got that. Like, I want, I can take my spotlight and I can do my thing, and I know I can freeze this fucking room, and like it's gonna be beautiful. And it's <laughs> it's my favorite fucking gorgeous. thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it happens and when it works, it is the best. It's the best. I'm never more alive. The ben power. is a dyed in the wool yeah. troubadour. Like that's his thing. Yeah. He wants to do. He wants to like tell the truth and enact social change and like talk about things mm-hmm. that are real and like the songs that are meaningful to him are the ones that are reflections of problems that you see, you know, in yeah. the world that you want to change. Does yeah. that feel fair? Yep. Yeah. And and I was really wrestling at Folk Alliance because Mary Gaucher was talking about like, we tell the truth. Troubadours, to tell the truth. And I'm like, the only thing we really, can do is like, I don't feel like a troubadour. That doesn't feel like what I do. And I kind of landed, we were actually having that conversation with Jennifer Knapp is when I landed on like, oh, I'm a mother. Like, that's what I'm doing. Everything that it makes me cry. But everything that I write, every song on this album, in one way or another, like, that's all I'm ever doing is writing to Fable. I'm just yeah. writing to Fable a yeah. million different ways. And to, to think of it that way, like, who am I as a singer-songwriter? I'm a mother. Totally has changed, even in just the few times that we've done a live show since kind of talking about this, even that last time at Folk Alliance, it has changed how I feel in my body in the space so much it gave me just like a sense of like oh i'm not you and uh-huh. i'm not you like i am uh-huh. i am myself and what my role is here is mother like that is that is where i'm i'm i am i'm just trying to tell fable i love her 400 different ways with bioluminescent ghost stories yeah. and <laughs> like, it's not just centered on fable like you're mothering no, 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 yourself no. back home you're mothering religious 100%. refugees back home you're mothering the world mothering society back into existence yes but all of those things i mean even when i'm mothering myself it always comes through the lens of like what would i tell my kid right. in this context and so in a way everything is kind of filtered through fable in in the best way so well it's great that the album then starts with beautiful girl yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's a couple there's a couple specifically fable love songs on there but most of them are, are a little this album does not have a bunch of celebrity names but it does have <laughs> arson and <laughs> ghosts and cowboys and hurricanes uh-huh. and it has uh a benediction which is kind of a fun thing for a secular album to have and it has boats and oceans boats, it has lots yeah. of things it's a very adventury it has like a, a it is it's like a, it's, a forbidden flirtation mm-hmm. it makes me think of like a like the like indiana jones you know like the classic movies that take you on those the journeys. first song goes dun, 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 <laughs> and it also has some badass San Diego musicians. We yeah. got to borrow uh, some of the just, just, man, it was a masterclass in musicianship watching watching these folks record this record. So if nothing else, the music slays. I know this. It's kick ass. It mm-hmm. is, I mean, you you guys will be up next year for best. Whatever, Pop album? Wh- whatever category they decide <laughs> to put you in. Rap and hip hop? You'll be, yeah. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be like, yeah, the, the grunge. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I want best rock album. I'm going to be rock and roll for the first time in my life. This is not a rock and roll album. Benjamin, <laughs> you don't know. We didn't think it was a pop album, hey, and hey, here we Dolly are. Dolly is just now in her 70s, 70s or 80s, <laughs> yeah. doing her first rock album. So, so it's listen. never too fucking late. I hurt myself today. <laughs> Um, so heathens, y'all heard the y'all have heard the one about the diva, the troubadour, and the mother who go on a West Coast tour. Um, if you'd like to see how that joke ends, come to the West Coast tour. 
Um, can we close it out by uh, everybody sharing what your favorite song on your album is? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, well, I'll go first because I don't know. <laughs> Great. Um, mine is Holy Ground, which is such a, like, I still kind of feel like it's the weird, like, odd song out in, in some ways, just because I wrote it five, six years ago, and in, in, in my mind it was about camping trips and... Uh, my home, like my stomping grounds, the Appalachian Mountains, um, things like that. And, uh, you know, so it didn't, it, it, like on the surface, it's, it doesn't make sense that it, like now it's a drag queen's song, <laughs> like, a song about camping. Um, but uh, it's not just about camping, obviously, like that's the kind of the, the vehicle. But um, I don't know. I was telling earlier, early on in performing the song, I was kind of making a joke about how, it was, I feel like the song is one of those moments where I, a future me came back to a younger version of myself, a little inner child work, inner young adult work, whatever, and like wrote that song without the younger version of me knowing what the heck I was writing. Because yeah. it just is so much more meaningful to me now than it was back then. But um, I don't know what I really want to say about it. I think is that I hope that it's the perfect song for you to go on a mushroom trip too. <laughs> that's that's what I, I I that's what I had in mind as we were recording it, and I was like, "No, Ben, yep. the the ending has to go on longer, please. Like, yeah. <laughs> keep the ooze going for like a whole nother minute because <laughs> uh, people are going to be on drugs when they listen to this, and I need them to have <laughs> the full experience. <laughs> so, holy ground, that's my favorite on Bible Belt, baby. You're so good at doing favorites. I know. The funniest thing is, you know, because you asked that, and because and, the record, our record's still not out yet, mm-hmm. and we haven't decided what song we're going to even release yet as the first single, <laughs> and so we're still doing all of that, and so it's funny because I'm like, oh, the favorite, because I think my mind is going to, like, what's the song we release yeah. first, which isn't always your favorite. It just no. that might yeah. be, there's a different kind of well, thought about that. Well, and y'all know what you know? I mean when I say favorite. No, like, no, no, no. Mindy no, Kaling, I, favorite is a tear. Favorite is a tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but maybe most we phrase it as, point. yeah, like, what yeah. is, what's the song that, like, if you were to go play one right now, what would you go play? I'm actually looking at the list. Gonna, I'm, just like, I'm gonna talk twice as fast so that I can say two different things. Here's the thing. The one that the one that I think is most personally I would have to say is Blue Ridge because it scared me the most. It was the hardest to write, it was the hardest lyric to get out of my body, it is the hardest one to perform, and it was the one I was terrified to yeah. record. And it's done. Yeah. And like that in and of itself feels like a victory. I love every song on this album. They're all my babies. And the one that I would probably say is my favorite at this point, just because of how everyone else responds to it is the way it get found. Mm -hmm. Because um, I had no idea when we wrote that song that every time we sang it in a room, no matter what room it was, somebody was going to be like, that is what I needed to hear. Um, Starting with me right here in this room, the first time Mm -hmm. I heard y'all play it over there, I was weeping um, when you got to that second verse. And... songwriters talk about this stupid annoying thing about how like we just tap into the ether and the song just comes through and it always sounds cheesy it was a hundred percent true with that song it landed in my body and i just like went into my phone and typed the lyric out um and the melody took me less than a minute to write it just Mm -hmm. came out of nowhere and so we were we were the conduit for that song and I love the way that it is on this album because it's a little it's a little more I, I had a very specific I wanted California coastal swing I wanted it to feel like you were getting in your car and driving away from whatever it was that you needed to leave behind and this was the song that you put on to get in your car and drive and yeah. they nailed it like yeah. they just nailed it it's so good and it's the same thing that was going forever <laughs> and so you can also don't do mushrooms and drive but like <laughs> 
you know, you can you can figure out how to make those things. This is the driving one. Yours is the mushrooms one. We'll make a playlist. A, we'll make a, a, an enhanced uh, reality playlist for you. What, what am I trying to say? Altered state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bless the way you hold your tongue. And you find the room you're in just ain't a listening one. I bless the way you change your mind. Find the thoughts you're holding on the healing kind I bless the way you close it all The house that used to hold you isn't a shelter anymore I bless the way you leave behind You know there's something good out there You gotta go and find Alright, Benjamin. I don't know. I still don't know how to ask the question. I think... The song that my ears love the most at the moment mm-hmm. is I'll Never Tell, mm. um, which yeah, is that. the second song on the record, and it's super groovy, and it's kind of very 70s kind of soul kind of way. It made me think of Black Velvet when I heard it the first yeah. time. And it's just, yeah, it's just kind of nasty, the way the band, kind of, the groove is just so good. Um, and so good. Aaron Bowen, who is an incredible songwriter and Genius, an unbelievable yeah. guitarist and friend of ours here in San Diego, he came in and played lap steel on the thing, and it's stupid. Just, yeah, it's... That's that I love, and then the other one I think that kind of comes to me is um, "Waltz in the Fault Line" because it's the most recent song, and I think this is a classic song. Right? What's the what's the your There's favorite song? There's two of us, and we both yep. chose two. So now that's almost half of the album. <laughs> well, I think it's, "Waltz in the Fault Line" is the, the latest song we wrote for the record. We wrote it with Jeff for wow. the record. Yeah. Like oh, we I had a couple of that. songwriting sessions yeah. in the weeks leading up to the thing. Uh, we wrote a fantastic song with Lisa Sanders, which we knew immediately was not going to be on the record, but we love it. We're going to play it live. But we wrote What's in the Fault Line with Jeff, and it is very much like a big trauma song. It's very. Can I, can I just, for American audiences, Ben is saying waltzing the fault line. <laughs> waltzing, which is Jeff's hook. That was Jeff. Yeah, came, Jeff yeah. had the hook. He brought that to the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it, it's a big trauma song. It's about mm-hmm. kind of the dance in an intimate partnership of all the big things we hold and how we hurt each other and kind of how we how this dance of relationship is waltzing this fault line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I, I love that idea first of all. The Jeff Ball yeah. and the fact that we live in California and we're on a fault line yeah. is kind of feels kind of amazing. I've been walking around all the holes in the floor at this house we've been haunting since late '94. When you signed on the line and I swore that I'd stay We've been dancing, we're leaving since that day I've been spinning around all the holes in my mind Where the answers went missing in memory and time When you fade in the echo or swallow me whole, I don't know What we've learned is we're bad at this game. <laughs> All right, I'll never ask that question again on Heathen Podcast. Yeah, now we know. I think what both of these albums have in common and what brings us back around to this A Million Ways to Cry in the West tour is they're both very much a It's Never Too Late project, yeah. I think. And I think for all of y'all who live in this little niche with us... Um, it's a message we need to hear over and over again. It's the two by four we need to be, you know, 
constantly bludgeoned with is like this isn't over yet Mm -hmm. the years that you feel like you lost the time that you didn't feel like you could be fully who you are you didn't feel like you could do these things or you didn't fucking sing for 14 years or you didn't know that you had a whole other person living inside you (laughs) or you know all of these different things there is time and you can do a dumb rebellious thing like make an album in 2023 when no one even buys physical copies of albums yeah. anymore, but you can you can do it. And I think that that hope is all over both of them. I think yeah. that hopeful mm-hmm. feeling of like, hey, there's time for you. You can do anything that you want to do. Why the fuck not? Like, just do it. I think that's that's what we're going to be singing about up and down the coast of California in, in a couple weeks. That's the party. Well, it's more than that, because it's the thing that kind of... <laughs> I know that was beautiful. And I have to push back and say, it's like the thing that scares you, you should do that thing. And, and, and kind of the creative thing, the kind of stretching yourself thing. Like it's not that you, it's not a luxury that you say, Oh, you should just kind of think, I feel like you, you must do it. You must do that work. Like all of us have to kind of face the things that are like underneath all of the pain and all of the kind of the trauma and all of the things that are going to make us not being able to swallow and, and sing and we have to do that stuff because that's kind of that's the creativity that's the that's bringing new things into the world that's the world coming about that hasn't that's not here yet that's coming I didn't say that very well but. I can't wait to see what you make of your second act <laughs> someone said once <laughs> someone said once Just trying to set you up for your life <laughs> So there you go. That's an episode of Heathen, and who knows when the next one will come, but come to our shows. That's yeah. that's what this is about. Come to our shows. Hey, where can they find information about how to purchase tickets for this tour? Go to cryinthewest.com. It's cry like tears in the west. like <laughs> The opposite of east. east. Go west, young man. <laughs> go west, young children. <laughs> no, just there. men. Only the men just are invited west. <laughs> All right, fine. And the rest of y'all. Fine, Smitty. Stay where you are. <laughs> It's okay. Whatever he was doing in the West, you don't want to. You don't want to be there. Oh, we okay. should maybe mention if anyone has hung on this long, you should know that we have special guests joining us at almost all of the uh, the cities. So we kick off. Uh, well, we kick off in San Diego, and then in LA, Semler is joining us mm-hmm. at the Silver Lake Lounge. That's going to be a killer Such show. Such a late bloomer. Yep. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, your friends Individuo, Latin pop. Am I saying that right? In San Jose. Uh, mm-hmm. Dynamic Latin pop. That's Individual. Individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a drag queen in Bend. Dante mm-hmm. Carroll's going to join us, do some little crowd work, maybe a couple lip sync numbers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, in uh, Portland, we've got my dear friends and absolute like phenomenal singer-songwriters, Hannah Glaver and Annie Bethencourt, which mm-hmm. is like a hell of a twofer if you're yes. a Portlander. Mm-hmm. And then in Seattle, we've got Karen Ayan, who is an incredible singer-songwriter that we don't actually know personally, who just like was recommended to us and is amazing and is jumping on. Yeah. So we're excited to meet her and hang out with her. It's going to be a really good time. And we have exclusive merch that is only going to be available on on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we have pre- previously said, you can get Light from the Break early by coming to the tour. You can get it early. Come to the tour. <laughs> These people have to live with me, you get to go home. <laughs>